Shopping, if you want to subject yourself to shopping in Elijah, 
And inshallah, I hope that you all thank Allah for this blessing. And it was the practice of Allah Muhammad that whenever something particularly good took place, he would make sujood. So, when you go home today, each and every one of you take time out and make sujood. Thanking Allah for this great blessing. Since we're talking about Juma, because this is what is the essence of all of this, we should be aware that Muhammad had said, Allah had ordained Saturday for the Jews, and Sunday for the Christians, and Friday for the Muslims. This was a day chosen by Allah for the final presentation of Islam to humankind. Of course, when we speak about Jews and Christians, from the Islamic perspective, those who actually followed Prophet Moses, Prophet Yusuf, all of the various prophets associated with Judaism, they were all Muslims. Similarly, those who followed Prophet Jesus were Muslims. In fact, the very first human being on the earth, Adam, who was created on Friday, he was also the first prophet of Allah and the first Muslim. So when Muhammad spoke about this ordainment of Saturday for the Jews, that Saturday was designated as the day of congregational prayer. That day was modified to become what they refer to as the day of rest, a day in which nothing should be done. That day, after the time of Prophet Jesus, was changed by those who promoted Christianity in Greece and Rome. In order to win over the hearts of the Romans, who were at that time worshipping Apollo, who was known as the Sun God, represented by the Sun. It was their belief that he would drive his chariot across the sky carrying the sun from east to west day. 
So he was the popular god. And he was also the son of the main god. So his day of worship was Sunday. That's where the name Sunday comes from. Sunday means the day for the worship of the sun god. Which is a bit of a problem for Muslims since we don't believe in sun gods or any other kind of gods. But it has become a world standard so we use these terms. However, the point is that that day was then chosen to be the day of worship for Christians. The Sabbath was transferred to Sunday in order to win over the hearts of those who might be kind or convert to Christianity in the Roman Empire. So that changed the place. It was ordained by Allah in the sense that Allah permitted it to take place. Not that Allah instructed them to do that, because it is paganism. So Allah did not instruct paganism. He instructed the worship of himself alone. So this did not take place without the permission of Allah. So when the final message came, Allah chose Friday and commanded it to replace Saturday and the Saturday that had turned into Sunday as the day which would remain the day of worship for believers until the last day of this world. That day, Friday, includes a part of Saturday, the Sabbath. Because the Sabbath begins from sunset on Friday. Sunset today begins the Sabbath. So a portion of that day is included within our day. Sunday was not related to Allah didn't choose Monday instead. Because Monday was the day for the worship of the moon god. And it would have legitimized Sunday. So, Friday was the day of worship chosen for us. Now, this day, Prophet referred to as the Eid of the week. It is our weekly celebration. The Eid of the week. And this is why it is not permissible for us to fast today. By itself. If one is fasting the 13th, 14th, and 15th of the month, which was the Sunnah of the Prophet, and either of the days, or any one of those three days, if they fall on Friday, we may fast. Or if it's 
than the language that the people speak. The catechists. As Allah said, He only said messengers speaking the language of the people. That's the whole point. Prophet Muhammad communicated in Arabic because he was communicating to Arabs. So we have to have an understanding of what is going on and not be caught in the ritual that has become our standard custom today. So, leading scholars from different parts of the Muslim world have given rulings permitting the Jumak to be given in other than Arabic. That it be in the language of the people in order that they would benefit from the The proper etiquette for Juma, of course, begins from home. As much as it is humanly possible, we should take a bath, also Islamic bath, leave bath, before coming to Juma. And this was made obligatory in the early days of Islam and later made recommended once people had come into the understanding of purification and cleanliness. Because Islam brought cleanliness to a world that was not conscious of cleanliness. That's why when Muslims reached Spain and they described in the early writings how they found the Spaniards wearing clothes of skin that would stay on their bodies until they rotted and fell off. It was considered bad matters to wait. They brought a new understanding about cleanliness to that world. So, this concept of cleaning oneself properly, coming into Juma, because of course we're coming into a circumstance where a large number of praying together, etc. If people come without cleaning themselves properly, then it becomes a non So from that perspective, Islam instituted the also the complete bath on Friday at a time in the world when nobody else was bathing virtually. And transfer that knowledge to the rest of the world. If one is not able to do the also, then of course one should do wudu, the minor cleaning, where we want to least wash up hands, feet, face, etc. And it's good also to use uh, some form of etzer perfume to come and be in this gathering in a pleasant state. 
When well, coming into the masjid, of course, the sunnah is to, of course, step into the right foot, asking Allah's mercy, blessings. And one should do two units of prayer before sitting down. We should try to come early because the Prophet attached great blessings to those who came early. Less blessings to those who come later. And once the Buddha starts, then the blessings for coming are lost. The door is closed. The books are closed up. The remaining what remains now is the blessing for the khutbah and the uh, prayer itself. So one should try to come as early as possible and make two units of prayer before sitting down. If one comes in late and the imam is already making the khutbah, then you still make two units of prayer before sitting down. How many people just come in and sit down and wait until the imam finish, finishes, you know? Or if the dance is going on, same thing, and they wait, they sit down? No. You should go ahead and make your two units of prayer before you sit down. For those who come in early, the two units of prayer are there to remind us of our purpose here today. We've come here to worship Allah So this is to help keep us focused. So that we don't just walk in and sit down and start chatting. Of course when we come to the masjid we will see some of our friends. Maybe we agree to meet in a certain spot in the masjid whatever. We might even designate a particular area where we can try to come and sit. So when we come in our friends are there we sit there and start chatting all the time during the week, you know. This went on the office problems. But that's not what we're here. We can do that afterwards. But coming here to the Masjid of Juma, this is coming to worship as a community together. So therefore, when one comes to the Masjid, one should try to get Quran as you start to read. Or do extra prayers, make dua and reflect. We are here to worship Allah. In the future, inshallah, we hope to get more uh, Quran uh, stands so that we'll be able to serve the type of numbers that are coming here today. So if not, you should take a small Quran and it with you and you utilize the time to remember Allah to reflect on his words. Having Coming to the master, the issue of bringing small children into the master should be noted. Islam doesn't prevent children from coming to the master, no. Bring them, Prophet Sassalam, Rasi grandsons, Baha'u brought their children. But one should take responsibility 
for the child of one babies. Some people will come in and tell their kids, okay, sit back there somewhere around the rough, I'm not going to take my mind. And then they are oblivious to what the kid is doing there. In the back, maybe he's running back and forth, he's on his friend, and he's turned the mustard into a playground. You bring your child, let him sit next to you. You can keep him under control. If he is a child that you don't have control of, then don't bring him. If you don't have control of him, for sure you have to be able to control him. So in that case, don't bring him. That would be the child we say, don't bring him to the master. The one who you, due to whatever factors, are unable to control. Because it means that he will come and disturb the others who are coming here to worship. That's what you have to think. Not in terms of it being an embarrassment to us, but in terms of our brothers or sisters who will be disturbed by his or her behavior. So we keep our children next to us. We don't leave them to hang out, you know, with each other in the back of the masjid and create noises in the future. Also, when we come in the masjid, we should know, as the Prophet said, the best of the roles of the men. Thank you. 
a way which befits this place of worship. Furthermore, we should avoid once the khutbah is started, we should of course avoid any Right. 
we get up for the prayer, we should also pray in the way that the Prophet described, that is, shoulder to shoulder, feet to feet, not leaving any space between the lines. Pray as if we are one complete body, one unit, praying together, the community, sharing this worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it is from the guidance of Allah subhanahu when He instructed us to ask for Allah's peace and blessings on His Prophet he called us to pray for Prophet because it is He who brought this guidance to us. It is He who showed us this way. It is He who sacrificed His life to implementation of this message of Islam and conveying this message to the world around him. And this is what puts him on that level which Allah calls us to pray for and to uh, ask blessings for because of this role that he played. And that role has been passed on to us. That is a legacy which he left behind. He is no longer amongst us. It becomes our duty to pray, to fast, to apply the principles of Islam which make us better human beings individually, as well as to convey this message of Islam to the communities around us. We are the messengers of the messenger. I ask Allah to help us to fulfill our responsibility of learning, practicing, and conveying Islam. And that we remember Prophet Muhammad often and to strive to emulate, to follow his way. I ask Allah to give us the courage to take this religion as a way of life and not a custom and a tradition, to make it a living faith in our personal lives, the lives of those around us. As Allah forgive our sins, our transgressions, our errors, which are many, for what we need and forgive us. And I ask Allah to keep us on this path of the safe until we leave this world. Amen. Okay, so long.